Hey everyone, welcome. It's Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost, one of your hosts with uh, my co-host and good buddy, Dr. J Greenstein. Dr. J, what's up today, buddy? What's up, brother? Glad to be here. Glad to be back for Tech Talk. Talk. Hey, we've had some great guests uh, over the last time. Uh, Dr. Baxter, the last one was really excellent. Learned more than I realized I knew, and I've had a great time looking her up. But today, we've got a really special, another one of those unusual technologies that's happening in healthcare. Innovation. Uh, very much iteration, uh, Doctor. That's not Doctor, is it? Is it's just Mister Aaron Orr? Is that right? Unfortunately, Aaron? I need to work on. Maybe you know, give me a couple of more years. Maybe I'll get the doctor done. Nah, don't worry about yeah, it. You're good where you are, bro. Trust me, you're good where you are. Yeah, you're in a good spot. Aaron is the CEO of XR Health, and XR Health does some a really unusual therapy treatment and techn using technology, actually using virtual reality, the best that I understand. Jade, how did you get to meet Aaron? And and tell me a little bit about your experience and what you know about him. Yeah, I mean, not not too dissimilar to Amy. I, I think I saw him on some TV show, and I reached out to him. I think it was on LinkedIn, or somehow I got his information. I'm like, dude, you're doing some really really cool stuff. I'm like, I want to learn more. We're you know we love and implement technology in our practices all the time. And he got back to me. We hopped on a phone. We hit it off. And he came down to my office and. Um, did an implementation and we implemented, we implemented the technology and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's just a really innovative and cool. And I think leading edge way that, um, practices, at least in the physical medicine, PT, Cairo space will, will leverage technology in ways that they've never done before. So I'm super impressed with the work that, that Aaron's done. And also he's a great dude. So I'm, I'm psyched to have you on today, brother. What's going on? It's a pleasure to be here. And by the way, I have a, some exciting announcement and some cool stuff that we've been developing in the last uh, six months. So um, I'll be more than happy to share where we are today. That's great. That's great. So actually, where are you today? Are you because you travel the world, right? Like, where are you today? Where are you, where are you at? In, in Boston? Uh, obviously, this uh, COVID, uh, you know, is more. Uh, it's helping my relationship with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you mean she's quarantining you in another room, and that's why it's helping? No, well, you know, it's like. My kid just asked me, Dad, how come you're so, you know, you're spending so much time with us now? What's happening? <laughs> so that's like the, the upside of this COVID stuff. How old are your kids? Five, seven, ten. Okay, cool. Very cool. So, so Aaron, I know like for me, I'm always so curious when I hear an accent. I'm always, I literally, if I am talking to someone, I'm like, can I guess where you're from? So, okay. I, so just for the audience out there, because it is a very unique accent. Can you just tell the audience where you're from? Yeah, so it's, uh, I'm not sure it's unique, but it's an Israeli accent. Yes, okay. yes. And, um, and being from Israel, just to take a quick side note, um, you had to serve in the military, correct? Yeah, so um, I actually stumbled into the healthcare world accidentally. Uh, so I served as an F-16 pilot for 15 years in the Israel Air Force. Wow. And about that's, uh, eight years ago now, I was diagnosed as suffering from whiplash injury due to the active flight. Hmm. And during my own rehab, while I was doing like 10 repetitions to the right and 10 repetitions to the left, like over and over and over, I, I, you know, I thought to myself, it's got to be, we have to find a better solution. And, right. and besides that, I asked my physical therapist, am I getting better? And he told me, I think you're getting better. I think, what do you mean you think? Give me some, some numbers, some hard evidence. 
like, yeah, we don't have those in our profession. Wow. Uh, and at the same time, I saw people playing with virtual reality devices. It was the early days of the Google Cardboard, the one that you take your phone and stack it into a cardboard. And for me, the combination was, was obvious. So that's how all of it you know, got started. So what happened next? I mean, this is such a cool story. What, what happened from there? So my wife got an offer to come and do her postdoc here in, in Harvard Medical School. And mm-hmm. I knew that no one would hire me here as an F-16 pilot because it's not a relevant profession. <laughs> There's not a bunch of those jobs laying around. Like, exactly. It's, like, it's not that you can go to, you know, Zip Recruiter and uh, who's looking for an F-16, <laughs> F-16 pilot. So, uh, so and then I started my MBA and um, the first class was uh, risk in establishing a new business, a new startup. Hmm. And I went to my professor and told her, I have an idea. What do you think about, you know, combining VR and rehab? And she told me, yeah, it's a stupid idea, but, you know, <laughs> give it a try. And, and that's what I did. <laughs> so, that's hilarious. So hold on, I, I got a question. How did you know about VR? Were you kind of a tech geek or was there something that happened in the military that you had, had exposure to it? Like, how did you even know about it? So we... So I flew with helmet displays like for 15 years. Like the technology of uh, augmented reality in some sort and virtual reality in simulators was like, it's, it's a common practice. And, and to, you know, um, and at the same time, again, it, it was the VR hype. VR, by the way, if, we, if you want, we can talk about it later. VR had like different waves of hype. Mm-hmm. But that was like the first wave before even the Oculus days, before HTC. It was really the... Google Cardboard uh, hype. And again, that's uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not, a, it's not a, like a light bulb moment, but it's close to that. I said that's in my, I, I, I remember myself sitting in the aircraft before taking off with pain in my neck and with the helmet display, moving my head and say, you know what, this could work. Wow. And you yeah, know the, super air, cool. the the fighter pilot guys are not wimps, man. No, they no. are. I've got a neighbor that's a pilot, uh, fighter pilot, uh, retired, uh, but these guys aren't wimps. I grew up in a military town in Southwest Oklahoma. I I actually am a pilot myself, and uh, I I. But you but you don't fly an F sixteen, do you? Brian? No, no, dude. No, that's what I'm saying. But I did get to spin <laughs> when I was getting my instrument rating. Uh, there was four of us in the summer class at Oklahoma State, and. Uh, the uh, instructor was the chief instructor at Vance Air Force Base, which is the is the pilot school that every military person goes through to learn mm. to fly. And we get to go over and go through their simulators. It, it is an amazing uh, and and that was twenty thirty years ago, you know, and it's it's changed, I'm sure, a lot. But VR is is I, I've never seen it applied this way. Have you? I mean, is this the have you ever seen VR done as a form of treatment, Jay? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've seen it now because we have his products in our practice, so yeah. I have seen it. Um, but you know, it was it was very new to me when I first saw Aaron. Um, so, Aaron, you know, somebody tells you it's a stupid idea, you pursue it anyway. Good job, by the way. That was a pretty pretty smart move on your part. That's, um, uh, I don't think there's a single entrepreneur that they, they, you know that didn't then. Thought, uh, people told him that's a bad idea, but he totally. continued to push forward. Yeah, of course. That's, that's the part of the game. 
Yeah, that's the nature, right? You've got to be able to get through that and, and decipher out the noise. But um, so, so where did it go from there? Like, so you said, okay, I've got this idea. How did you put all the pieces together? Everything yeah. from manufacturing, distribution, marketing, like how did you, how did you put all those pieces together? Yeah, so that's, uh, it's not, it's not a, like a silver bullet, right? And so we started at the beginning, we thought it will be the one manufacturing the headset. Uh, and and besides that, we recruited like developers in India and in other places, and we raised funds. At the beginning, by the way, I tried to pitch Israeli angel investors. I think I pitched like 50 angel investors. All of them told me that's a bad idea, and they, they're not even thinking about investing in the company. So I ended up doing... Uh, asking money from my grandma, my father, my you know sister, family and friends, baby, family and friends. And then we uh, upgrade that to crowdfunding, and we were the biggest crowdfunding campaign in Israel at the time. Wow, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow, that's great. Jump, jump start the business, and then we started the development. Uh, at the beginning, it, after six months, we dropped the hardware because we realized that's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Try to you know manufacture VR headsets, and we focused only on the software side. But from the beginning, I think we made two decisions that are now paying off dramatically. Uh, one is that we understood that VR is not just experience; it's also a closed loop system. So once you're putting the VR headset on, you, you only, it's a closed loop system where the only variable is the patient. So you can control the entire environment, see how the patient interacts with the virtual reality environment, and then collect and quantify the entire performance mm-hmm. and and if you want we'll talk about that later on what we're seeing today and how we are capturing outcomes and the second part is that we decided that we will operate as a medical device manufacturer when i'm saying medical device i'm referring to a software but sure. that's how the fda referred to that so we were the first company that registered a vr application on the fda records um, and in the first Three years, we tried to sell the technology to hospitals and rehab centers and, and clinics. And about uh, six months ago, uh, before, actually it was the original idea came before COVID, almost a year ago, uh, we decided that we'll open a home version where people can use the device back home. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we geared up and to be a, a home a home provider or telehealth provider and roughly at the same time COVID hit. So since then we are uh, scrambling and trying to keep up with the pace. And today, and then if you want, we'll dive into specifics, a patient can sign up on our website. We have our own physical therapist and occupational therapist. They are making sure that the patient can use VR. Uh, they don't have any counterindication. Mm-hmm. And the, we are shipping the patient the headset. We have our own logistics centers. The headset comes with our pre-installed with our medical software. The patient downloads the mobile app that guides them how to use the VR for the first time. And then they are conducting virtual reality treatment with our clinicians, where the clinician have the ability to control the headset remotely. And after every session, there are analytics, so both the patient can see their outcomes and the clinician can see their outcomes. 
That's beautiful. That, that is so, amazing. Guys, hey guys, we're running just a little bit long. Let's let's take a quick break. I got a dozen questions for you too. You know, I you have stimulated a lot of cool thoughts in my brain. So we're gonna let's take a break here and we'll be back with uh, Mr. Uh, Aaron Orr. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at the Florida Chiropractic Association. Join Dr. J and myself at the upcoming Northwest Regional Convention and Expo in Panama City Beach, Florida on February the 5th through the 7th. The Florida Chiropractic Association, a leader in the profession advocating for the benefits of chiropractic and conservative care. www.fcacairo.org And we're back with Mr. Aaron Orr of XR Health. Aaron is a developer of a virtual reality uh, treatment kind of technology. We've been talking to him a little bit about starting it up. Jay, I know you've—I stopped you right in the middle of a question. So yeah, let, let me just bring you, let me man. bring you back in and let you ask your question because I've got a couple that are, I'm really curious about. So the first question, I'm going to make it really quick because I know you've got some good ones, Brad. Um, when did you when did you start the company, Aaron? What July year? 2016. July 2016. Okay, so it's been five years, and you've made dramatic strides. That's awesome. The second question I have for you um, is, you know, you pivoted. You mentioned a pivot. Um, how long were you in whatever direction you were going in before you realized you needed to make the pivot? Because there are other entrepreneurs out there that you know, are questioning whether or not maybe they're making the right decision, they're going down the right road, they're thinking of a pivot, you know, how they're wondering, how long should I, you know, go down this road, or maybe I need to pivot now. So how long did it take you before you decided you were going to make that pivot? That's a, that's a hard question, because I don't think it's a single pivot. So we, if I'm trying to, you know, look back at the five years of our journey, we pivoted double digit. Sure, sure. So we even even within the product, we started with physical therapy. Then we expanded to. Okay, other. let me let me be specific. Then it was the pivot related to manufacturing headsets. That's so that what was, caught my attention. That actually was the easiest one, mm-hmm. uh, but that was actually a single moment of a decision. We pitched an investor, then then and at some point the investor stopped our presentation and asked us, "Are you a hardware company or a software company?" And we told them, "We're both." It's like, no, no, no. Are you a hardware company <laughs> or a software yeah. company? Like, we are both. We can do both. Like, no, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> and, then, and then obviously the meeting just ended up there after we, <laughs> we weren't able to give him a good answer. And then me and my partner went out from his office and said, yeah, you know what? That's not a good answer. Let's stick to software. That's it's, it. a, it's such a great story, Aaron, because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are going to learn from that story. So thank you for that. Brad? Yeah, that's that's amazing. And, you know, most companies, especially startup companies like that, have that what if moment many times, too, Aaron. Uh, you know, I've got a, my latest startups, a healthcare technology company, and we've had that several times when we realized we can't do everything. And but my question for you is when you started down this pathway, what was the biggest hurdle, the first big hurdle that you had to get over um, in this process? 
So the, the, that's a, again, that's the that's a hard question because uh, I think the life of an entrepreneur that's a, it's a constant struggle. Uh, now, if you ask me what was the most difficult, uh, I think every time where you need to fundraise where you failed before, right? Because it's uh, you are always when you are fundraising, you are always saying this is the this is what I'll achieve. If you'll give me the money now, this is what I'll achieve, right? And it's hardly the case. It's like, and you still need to go back out there and convince probably the same people at the beginning, but then other people that if they will give you more money, then you'll succeed, <laughs> which is which is a very hard thing because you just failed delivering what you just told them that you will deliver, right? And you need to convince them that. It's not, it's, it just takes longer, right? It's, it's just, this is, this is what innovation is all about. It's, you won't be able to predict anything right. and you'll miss your projections, but the vision is still there, the trajectory is still there, and you ask them to believe in you, in the product, in the company, even that you just failed them, again, to actually meet their expectations. Did you do uh, did you do traditional kind of fundraising? It sounds like you went out to some angel investors or uh, crowdsourcing. Yeah, yeah. What what did you find was one of the best pathways uh, to find funding for that? So I'm I'm not I think on that front I'm not the orthodox usual uh, entrepreneur. Uh, I I found the VC um, world challenging. Well, not just because of my personality, but also because I think our our product and our concept is very high risk, right? We're trying to take innovative technology that as a, as a technology is having difficulty to get adopted, uh, even though the biggest companies are investing a lot of money, right? Facebook and Samsung and all of them invested heavily in this technology and it's not picking up the way the market thought and we are trying to take this technology and implement it in probably the hardest, hardest. The yeah. right market the most complex one yeah. healthcare services so so that's why we needed to reach out to other venues because it's not that's not a type of business that VC likes to to uh, like it's not a software 90% margin okay, <laughs> high high growth um, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm the right person to ask, but we, we again, and we are gearing up to additional, uh, not orthodox uh, fundraising, but I'm a believer that at the end of the day, we will win, yeah. even if we are not using the traditional fundraising well, mechanism. Can you share that? Like, what is the, what is the unorthodox fund, fund? I mean, that's part of the, the beauty of your story. So, um, what is the unorthodox funding that you're going after? So first of all, crowdfunding. Again, mm -hmm. crowdfunding is, uh, we, again, when we did the, and I did three times crowdfunding. And at the time, investor told me, if you'll do crowdfunding, no one will ever fund you. Like, this is like the worst like, uh, way to get fund, to fund your company. And if you'll do that, no one will fund you. Like those types of, uh, those types of sentences. And today we are looking into like a pre-IPO in wow. different types of mechanism, skip the VC, uh, round B, round C mechanism, which is again, it's, it's a combination of uh, uh, what we feel is right for the company, but also because 
the VC world don't know how to actually look at us. Are we a service company or a technology company? Are you a medical device company? It's like it's not falling in any of their, their buckets, right? Yeah. Uh, well, that could be a really great blessing in disguise that you're, no that you're forging an unorthodox path. I love it, man. Yeah, that sounds great. Are you, are, do you have partners that had this vision with you? Did, or, or was this your sole, sole, so, sole idea? So I started as a sole founder. After three months in, so I, I raised money back in Israel. And a month after, we moved to Boston. And I thought I would be able to manage the R&D remotely. Big mistake. And after, after three months or four months, uh, one of my friends that was also my commander in the army, uh, I, I had an opening and I told him, you know what, take a year break and come and manage all this R&D because I can't actually manage it remotely. And it ended up him leaving the military and joining full time as a, wow. as a co-founder. And that's how we are operating till today. So he's managing all the R&D and I'm managing all the business side. So when you see him, do you have to salute him? Because he's, you know, he's your commander. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the founder and he's the commander of XR, huh? Yeah, he's, he's in charge of all the important stuff. I'm just trying to make some noise. On the there you go. So you're just... And he's, he's, he's actually <laughs> fixing it. So, yeah, yeah it's good. Exactly. So everybody, everybody, every entrepreneur needs that. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's like, building stuff is, like, I'm, like, all over the place, you know, the dreamer, and he's actually executing. So I, I well, feel you, you brother. you got to have those guys. So, you, oh, yeah. you're a, you consider yourself a software company. So, did you, either one of you have experience writing code or developing that? Or did you go out and, and look for that 100% outside of your company? You know, there is a saying, first of all, the answer, the short answer is no. And now with that, I want to, there is a saying in the Israeli Air Force, what's the difference between a pilot and God? That God can make mistakes sometimes. Yeah. So that's, so that's like the, that's like the state of mind. And again, that's the problem that the state of mind is that we'll get it done. We'll, we'll figure it out. Even though we have no, we had no clue right. in developing product, a company, software, and that's again, okay. that's a could be a blessing and could be a, a pitfall. Uh, in the first year, we got a lot of punches constantly because we didn't know what we're doing. Uh, and uh, hopefully now we, uh, you know, we know a little bit more, but we're still getting a lot of punches all the time, just because we think we know better. But again, there's a there's a thin line when you are an entrepreneur between overconfidence. No, completely out of out of you know out of context, not <laughs> and to actually execute that. But that's the, that's the thin line of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, and you know, I find that that you have to. There are very few people that have vision. Number one, in my eyes, there there are people that have dreams, but there's very few people that have vision. And uh, and you can have vision all day, but if you don't have somebody that can make it happen, and you've got to realize in most cases. You can't, one single person can't do all that just because the experience that you need to do that is, is, is hard to find in one person. You know, I've, I've been blessed that I bought a company that was more software based and we had a few programmers and now we've evolved that to where we have a lot of programmers. I, I can't do, I can't, the code they write in today, the code sets, and I'm sure in VR is even, even much deeper levels. 
I can't keep up with, but I have the vision and still have the vision and keep that vision going. And I'm sort of the out in the front place of being that personality to just talk about that vision. Jay is growing up to be a visionary. He, he has, he has great vision, um, for what he sees happening in healthcare. Uh, but he and I sat down the other day and talked about the technical aspects of it, what you, what you have to do and the money you have to have to make that happen. I think I opened his eye once or twice. It, it is. A, it is. You, you really more tightened my sphincter. That's really what it felt like. I was like, oh, that shit. Yeah. I think about that. And when you get into healthcare, then you got all the additional uh, things of of HIPAA and privacy and security that you got to go through, or ultimately when you get big enough, nobody will be involved and give you their data if you don't have absolute security of those kind of things. So you have jumped into two worlds that are are pretty serious, Aaron, and I have great respect for doing that. Um, and and Jay's going to be successful just because he surrounds himself with a lot of successful people. So he he just needs to keep the vision, just like you, man. Um, Amen, brother. Let's take one more break here real quick, Aaron, and come back. I know Jay's got more questions for you. I probably have one or more, too, that we'll end it on. But uh, you're you're listening to Tech Talk with Dr. Jay and Brad. Tech Talk. You are listening to Tech Talk Healthcare. Today's guest is Mr. Aaron Orr, the Chief Executive Officer of XR Health, a virtual reality treatment company. Tech Talk is heard on Anchor FM and many other internet radio stations around the globe. Thank you for joining us. Hey, we're back. A little Led Zeppelin to bring us back. Love it. One of Jay's favorites. Love uh, it. Jay, we are interviewing um, Mr. Aaron Orr of XR Health. And uh, again, I, I interrupted you on a couple of your questions. Why don't you jump back in and, and uh, take back over? Thanks, man. So, uh, you know, strategy is always so interesting to me. And, and the going down the road of, of uh, the FDA, you know, making it a medical device, I'm curious how, how you made that decision. Was that tied to the revenue model? And um, and then you also had mentioned earlier around about outcomes, and we know how important outcomes are, especially as you're as you're proving your concept, as you're raising money, as you're growing your business. So if you could just touch on those two things, I, I would love to hear that, Aaron. So I'll start with the first question, and it's re, re, uh, relate to the fact that I didn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so when I uh, so I mentioned at the beginning, I started my MBA and then when, you know, in the second class after the first one that told me about how to risk, how to risk, uh, how to manage risk, establishing a business, the second class was innovation in health tech, basically. And I also reached out to my professor and I asked him, this is the idea, what do you think I should do? Like, I don't know, go to the FDA and ask them if VR is a medical device. And what I did at the time, I actually sent a letter to the FDA asking them, is it a medical device? And no one does that, right? Because the FDA can reply, yeah, it's a medical device, go and do five years of uh, development and, and documentation. But just because, I, and at the same, it, it was the time when 
the Obama administration had the like uh, innovation uh, concept. They want to unlock uh, like new technologies. And we got a reply. This is like the regulation and this is the stuff. And here's a exempt path that we prefer that you'll go instead wow. of us submitting like endless <laughs> documentation. So it was pure luck. Love pure that. Luck. Uh, so that's that. how they can then say, okay, we got an exam, so let's be a medical device company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was that story. But doesn't that impact reimbursement for you? Like how you set up your revenue model and how, how you figure out how reimbursement works? No. So reimbursement is a completely different ballgame, right? Only yesterday I thought at CMS for the first time, now looking into reimbursed new innovative medical device. Mm-hmm. And again, it's only now five years after. Yeah. Uh, and, and reimbursement is a complete, is it? So again, one of the things that I, we weren't aware of is that regulation and reimbursement are completely separate things. It's like not related at all. You can get your FDA clearance, but it could be very, very likely that no one will be willing to pay for that. Yeah. Um, and, and so again, reimbursement is a completely, it's a completely different conversation. And one of our challenges was exactly that because when we, at the beginning, before we became a provider, when I tried to sell the technology to clinics and hospitals and, and the rehab center, their main question was, is it generating more revenue? Right. And if the, and, and we didn't have good answers and then, okay, so it's a gimmick. Next. And that was one of our main drivers to become a provider ourselves. Mm-hmm. And to use our own technology and, and to have our own ecosystem uh, right? ecosystem where we are treating people with VR. And what we're doing now is showing the world that my outcomes, our outcomes are as good as, if not better than a brick and mortar clinic. And that's so how are you doing that? On. Yeah. Cause that was the second part of the question. How are you doing that? So today when you are, how do you, I'll ask you a question. Okay. How do you measure outcome of a clinic today? Outcome of a clinic or outcome of a patient? Outcome of a clinic. How do you, when, when, when someone want to say, my clinic have better outcome than that guy clinic, how do you do that today? In aggregate, it's almost impossible. No, there is no real relevant data, right? The only sure. thing, like the top notch clinics are using questionnaires. Yeah, like outcome assessment tools, sure. Yeah, but, like, but nobody has that data in aggregate. Nobody exactly. does. Patient reported outcome. That's like the yeah. top, top tech to evaluate outcome of a clinic. And what we're doing is we're doing that because that's relatively easy, but we're also showing our objective measurements with a closed loop system, with an FDA registered software mm-hmm. that shows real, you know, real evidence that the patients are getting better. So our software, our platform can measure response time, reaction time, differences between right side, left side, peak velocity. We are adding now eye tracking, uh, cognitive skills over time, uh, a lot of measurements that Again, think about it as a closed-loop system, like a simulator, right? So I, yeah. I'm putting the patient inside a simulator, which is the VR environment. Um, we are creating different types of environments and constantly measuring their response. And that allows us to quantify the outcome every time someone is putting the VR headset on. Now, the reason why we are getting better outcomes is, first of all, patients are highly engaged. We have patients using our device three hours a week. And the second part is our clinicians are data-driven. So today you can only make decisions when the patient is showing up in the clinic, right? Every two weeks, one week, like, then you have like 45 minutes, 
then you need to make a decision. That's a very short window for a clinician to make a decision and to see any progress or if they need to change something in the protocol. In our clinic, every time a patient is putting a VR headset on, I'm getting a snapshot about his current status. Sure. And my clinician can react sooner, faster, better, and by doing so, have a better outcome at the end of the process. That's amazing because it's so think cool. about yeah, think about that. You, you probably that is a niche that you're at where you can collect that data almost in real time of what's happening with the patient, and it's the patient's actual data. Whereas in PT or something, you're really doing it by uh, uh, observation, and you get that human aspect into it that that is not near as accurate as probably what you're using in, in your uh, VR data-driven system where it's actually sampling the patient's responses in real time while they're doing your VR sessions, correct? Back to that. That's and amazing. So you probably could, you probably could take your results in, in a large enough data set like we do and, and compare that to outcomes of PTs. There are a lot of PT studies out there to show you'd have to find the the good comparisons looking looking at specific areas of the of the body but you you probably could show much better outcomes because you're just sampling them more often and making those and you're not they're not observation outcomes they're really that patients that that's amazing Aaron yeah it's good stuff congratulations yeah congratulations now, what we are trying to do by the way for the audience to to also be aware we are we are so the fact that we have our own clinic doesn't mean that we're not partnering up with other clinics. So what we're trying to do is to take to partner up with clinics and providers and help, not help, but partner up in a way that they can utilize our technology also. Uh, and we are using our own clinic as a better site. So all the new stuff I'm testing in-house, but I'm looking for partners that want to understand the power of technology, understand the power of data, want to take their treatment, and the, the way that how the, the way that they're delivering their services in a better way, remotely, with a, in an accurate way, again, to partner up with us, because we believe, I personally believe that the extended reality, which is, again, virtual reality moving forward, augmented reality, will disrupt the outpatient market as we know it. The entire outpatient market haven't changed for the last 250 years. The same, the same protocol, the same concept, a little bit more, you know, new devices, give or take, but it's not, this market is ready for disruption from the core, and I believe that extended reality will be the technology that will make it happen. I think you're absolutely right from a technological perspective, but let me let me ask you a couple of questions just to clarify if I'm sitting at home. When you talk about your own clinic, what kind of clinic have you set up, Aaron? Uh, so everything is virtual. When I'm saying clinic, it's all virtual. We don't have a really brick and mortar. So, but they, we do have our own clinicians and we do have our own, the headset. So the headset, think about it as a clinic in a box, right? I'm shipping a headset and the headset is with our medical application, which are basically games where if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, put some kind of uh, analogy. So it's, think of every application is a different treatment group, okay? And when you're stepping into a hospital, you have a full, you know, departments and, and rooms and different types of providers. We're trying to create that in virtual reality. And you can take it anywhere. You can ship it anywhere. And, and that's how we are 
you know, envisioning this moving forward. So is it, is the VR headset working in a console or is it a commercial? It's a standalone. It's a just standalone, a just a headset. And you're, you're logging into a browser and the browser's connecting you into it. And, and so you can have whatever selected experience that you want to have then, I, I'm assuming. So you put the, so the, again, it's our, so now, even though we took a step back from manufacturing the headset, we have partners, we have hardware partners where we have our own lines of uh, manufacturing lines in different places around the world. So we, when you are, as a patient, you're getting a box, it's an extra health telehealth kit, okay? The, and the, the software is already pre-installed. So you put the headset on, you'll, you'll step into our virtual clinic. Obviously we have some uh, uh, user login in order to make sure that the patient is using it and not any other you know, user. And from that point on, we can transport you to different types of treatment rooms according to your need, disease, injury. And that's basically how we operate. So in that kind of scenario, I'm going to, first, let me, let me ask you, because again, most of our listeners are going to be Kairos. They're going to be healthcare providers. Uh, what is the website where they can go to, to learn more about your product and what you're doing? XR.health. XR.health. We're going to be ask, the first. Yeah. We're going to ask you to do <laughs> that again before we close. But, um, so this network, you probably would take a provider anywhere in the United States, right? Anywhere in the United States, anyone that want to partner up with us, they just need to shoot us an email, fill out the contact us form. That's it. So the, the, let's say a Cairo wanted to do this with you. Do you have any way that they're going to get some kind of diagnostic report back so they can put into their, into their medical records, the patient's charts, so they can follow, uh, continue the follow with this, with this patient, excuse me. They will, they will get it all. So the idea is that, so we have two types of, uh, two types of partnerships. One is as a referring entity, let's say a chiropractor can refer a patient to us. We are treating them using VR and feeding back the data real time. They will get access to all the data and we are like creating a circle of treatment. So the chiropractor can do the hands-on because at the end of the day, we can't replace everything, right? But the hands-on will be done by the chiropractor. We are doing the at-home remote monitoring and telehealth VR treatments. And all of us are have constant data about the patient status so we can work together in order to achieve better outcomes. So that's one type of partnerships that we are we can formalize. The second part is that chiropractor can also utilize our platform. So we are training the chiropractor team. Then we are doing all the tech support and all the logistics. And then the chiropractor can treat the patient remotely using our platform. And they don't have any hassle implementing the technology. That's, that's, uh, that sounds like winter, winter chicken dinner to me, Jay. I mean, you, you know, I, tough, I can man. see, I, I'm excited, Aaron, I may pay you to send me a headset. I would like to have that experience to see what you're doing. I'm talking to groups all across America about technology and what's going on. I would love to get a sample of it, uh, to find out what it is. And if we ever could get you involved in one of the conferences, Think about, again, we're on a stage. Think about how we could output that so the audience could see the virtual reality uh, experience as your demo. And it, that would be pretty powerful in my eyes. Wouldn't you think so, Jay? Oh, man, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the audience um, would eat it up. It's something they've never seen before. 
And I think they would start thinking about how they can implement in their practice. And to your guys's point, the idea that, you know, virtual care and disruption of the, the brick and mortar model is, is there, it's, it's right there in front of us. It's going to happen. Um, I think they'll start to think about ways that they can incorporate tools like this that are going to be game changers for them and the patients and the industry. Yeah, I'll be more than happy to, uh, as, as you probably uh, understood in the last 45 minutes, I'd like to, any entrepreneur, by the way, love to talk about his company, about his vision. So any stage that you'll invite me, I'll, I'll love to be there. <laughs> well, that's great. You know, one of the questions everybody's going to ask is, and you may have touched on it, but let's clarify it, is reimbursement. How, what are the methodologies now that somebody could be reimbursed if a patient came in and did this? Is there Are there any Medicare private insurance companies reimbursing for this experience? Uh, if not, what is the cash kind of reimbursement? Tell us just a little bit about that. So the the only good thing that happened in COVID is that it accelerated all the telehealth reimbursement models. And what we are doing today, so everyone is getting paid today for telehealth services, right? The only difference is that you can't really treat someone using Zoom. It's like, it's like, some would argue that you can. I would argue that you can't. So everyone is getting paid today using the telehealth services and getting those CPT codes for remote uh, monitoring and telehealth. But we are using it with a technology that is relevant and can actually make a difference. Uh, now, besides that, the uh, again, CMS just announced that they are starting to reimburse innovative technologies. So we are expecting that even the device itself will get reimbursement relatively fast now. Um, but think about us in the reimbursement side. Uh, we are a relevant tool for any type of telehealth reimbursement that you are getting today. Just a relevant one instead of a video to the interface. And in the chiropractor, PT, OT realm, where video is not good enough to deliver your service, we are a very, very effective solution where you can actually manage your practice, get your patient better, and get reimbursement for that under the telehealth and new CPT codes. In your in your opinion, is it cost effective? I mean, can a can a doctor make money doing this type of VR services? Uh, I, and I, the cost. I mean, do you have a cost per month for the use of it per patient? How do you do that? So it depends on the model. Again, it really depends what you want to do. But uh, we are charging attractive price. Where while we are doing all the heavy lifting on the tech support and the logistics. And what we are seeing from clinics that we are, so a lot of uh, clinics suffer from patients that are not, they don't want to come to the clinic in person, right? But they also don't want to do the Zoom because it's, they're not feeling it's helpful for them. By partnering with us, you can maintain the volume that you had before. Probably, by the way, even better because you can treat a lot more patient because you can exceed, you know, and increase your volume. But the important part that you can also show your patient that they're getting better and uh, there's uh, interest in their part to continue the treatment. So again, we, I can't say now that we, uh, the, the, or the way that we are pitching it to clinics is that by partnering with us, you are utilizing technology to get better outcomes, increase your volume and maintain your clinic alive in this new environment of COVID. 
Right. At least you're able to maintain the connection with patients that don't want to come in. They don't want to go to your clinic and, you know, be potentially exposed if they're at risk. So it, it's a great way to stay connected. At, and I don't remember exactly what the costs were, Aaron, but at a, at a relatively, you know, minimal cost given what the return on investment is. So, I mean, I think you've, I think you've got something there in the business model. And I think uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, so we'll be again more than happy to partner up and I can tell you for anyone that will reach out to us from this podcast we'll get a $250 per station per month where again we are doing all the heavy lifting the reimbursement can go all the way up to four times as much if you're utilizing the platform the right way so it's supposed to be a win-win for all parties hey and 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 Brad did Aaron tell you he's given us a thousand dollars for every headset that's sold a thousand dollars each, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to put a commercial on in between breaks. For I actually recorded. I'm just kidding, XR audience. Alpha. That's yeah, not true. We're kidding. not getting any kickbacks. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. But we do. You know, we are growing in audience here. Jay and I are in front a lot of providers. Typically, a in lot. a normal year, COVID's really messed us up too. But. Uh, we're in front of thousands and thousands of doctors talking about technology. I think in the chiropractic world, when somebody thinks of technology, they're thinking of Jay and myself. We're just that we're just pushing it constantly. We're trying to help doctors understand because we started this years and years ago, standing in front of them, and it wasn't always real successful. And so we're trying to do innovative things, and in, in this technology track that the Florida Chiropractic Association. Uh, did with us has just stretched it way beyond what we thought and and that's what the podcast here healthcare uh, tech talk is just it's just trying a new medium to help docs understand have fun at it and expose them to all these amazing just think in the first five or six podcasts we've exposed three or four for sure brand new things that are going on now you've had a little experience because they're using your clinic for clinical trials but the rest of the world doesn't know about it. So I'm excited to introduce Aaron Orr uh, to our world and say, hey, guys, here's something new. What we've been telling you is coming true. We want you to be a part of it. Grab hold of it because it is the future. Amen, brother. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, thank you for being our guest uh, tonight. Uh, when we go offline here, I'm going to grab some information from you and give you some of mine. Um, I, I would love to experience this so I can talk more about it to our audiences and to our groups. Uh, but thank you for, for spending time tonight. I look forward to watching you. We hope to have you back. Uh, eventually, we're going to go to virtual podcast where we'll be live, and maybe we can see some cool stuff at that point in time uh, when you come back. So one final, let's push it back to you one more time, Aaron. Tell us, tell us what the most important thing you want doctors to understand that are listening to this podcast? Uh, give technology a, a shot. I think that's the main important thing. I think we have a tendency as human being to be skeptical. And the only way for us as, a, as an industry to move forward is to you know, give new technology a shot. Uh, I promise you that you, uh, you'll get excited after you'll see the first patient reaction. That's exciting. Yeah, I've experienced that. It's true. That's great. Well, Jay Betty, another yeah, another great podcast, man. Hey, Brad, I'm going to teach you a word. Ready? Okay. It's shalom. You shalom. know what that means? It means uh, hello, goodbye, bye. and peace. Did yes, I do I that did. right, Aaron? Exactly that. All Thank in you. one word. 
Shalom, brother. Shalom, brother. Jay, look forward next week. Uh, another new exciting guest. Uh, they're clipping off pretty good. If any of you are new to the podcast, you haven't heard any of the previous podcasts, you can go back to Anchor FM. You can go to Jay's website, my website. It'll give you a link to see all the historical ones. We've had some great guests, some fun guests. Uh, and it's interesting to see how they're playing out there. You can hear us on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcast. We're all out there, guys. Uh, go back and listen to them historically. And uh, shout out at, at us if you would like to. And again, thank you for joining us for Tech Talk. Jay, buddy. Yeah, man. Your last word. Shalom. 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 Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Aaron. This is Thanks, Tech Aaron. Talk. Thanks. Great, great job. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at the Florida Chiropractic Association. Join Dr. J and myself at the upcoming Northwest Regional Convention and Expo in Panama City Beach, Florida on February the 5th through the 7th. The Florida Chiropractic Association, a leader in the profession advocating for the benefits of chiropractic and conservative care. www.fcachiro.org